like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today, for Song of the Soul, we have the good fortune of visiting with Ali Youssefi. I discovered Ali's music when a copy of The Flight fell into my hands, a collaboration of Ali with several other folks. The music enchanted me, and I set about to track down Ali, leading to today's interview. I believe that, like me, you will find Ali's songs to be moving profound, and revealing a glimpse in the direction of the other side of the spiritual mirror. Ali Yousefi joins us today from Haifa, Israel. Ali, I'm so pleased at last to have you here for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. We've been in touch a little bit while you've traveled here and there. Right now, I think you're in Haifa, Israel. What are you doing there? I've been here for about a year now, and I'm uh, serving at the Baha'i World Center, Still have another ten months, more or less, to go, and my job here is actually to work. It's the actually the both the administrative and the spiritual center of the Baha'is of the world. So this is a place where Baha'is come from all over the world for pilgrimage, and I work in the department of pilgrimage. So I work with the pilgrims from all over the world. I thought that Baha'is actually started in Iran, but uh, of course, after the Iranian Revolution some thirty years ago, there was a whole bunch of problems. Or actually, even the Shah, he was persecuting the Baha'i. Didn't it start from over there? It did, actually. Very accurate information. And the Baha'i faith actually started in Iran in, in the 1800s. You know, like basically all religions really throughout history. It was very persecuted in its homeland. And the founder of the Baha'i faith, Baha'u'llah, ended up being exiled from one place to another. The last place he was exiled to, always further and further away you know, from the Persian Empire. The last place he was exiled to was a prison city, actually right across the bay from Haifa, which is the, the city of Akka. And that's where he spent the, the last years of his life. So since this is the, the place where he passed away and all the people, his family and everything that were imprisoned with him and had followed him throughout that journey also ended up here. So this became the center of the faith for that reason. It, it, the most holy place for the Baha'is is, is where the remains of the prophet founder of, of the faith is. Can you give me a little bit of background on Baha'is? I know just a tiny bit, enough to get in trouble, I think. Were you raised Baha'i? Yes, I was actually born in, in a Baha'i family. I, my parents moved to South America as pioneers for the Baha'i faith. There's no clergy in, in the Baha'i faith, so it's really seen as, as a duty and a privilege to teach and share the teachings of the Baha'i faith. And so my parents in the 80s decided to move to Chile to help develop the community there. I was about two years old when we moved down there. Just to give you a, a little bit of a background of the Baha'i faith, the Baha'i faith believes in the unity of all religions. You know, we believe in, in one God. You know, whether we want to call it God or you know, supreme force or you know, heavenly father, 
we've called this creator by by many names but that isn't to say that they're all different creators you know it kind of makes sense that we've all been created by the same entity you know the same heavenly father and so the bahais believe that religion is an expression or a guidance you know from god throughout time so as mankind progresses and grows it's very much like an education system no where you go to one class and you have you know a teacher and then you go to another class and you have another teacher and you're always growing and and evolving and learning new things and and also your your mind is kind of molding and so as we grow as humanity bahaullah's message for this day is a very simple one it can sound like but very very complex in what it requires for us to achieve really and it's as we're growing into a global society bahaullah says that really mankind is one family you know and uh, it says the earth is but he says the earth is but one country and mankind its citizens so little by little as we see these barriers between us crumbling you know whether it's because of advances in communication or new technology when it comes to transportation we see that these barriers are slowly crumbling and we're discovering through scientific research and and many other things that these differences that we thought you know were very clear and evident are actually just things that we've made up and we've imagined and so bahala is coming to tell us that this is the next step is is this unification of mankind and it's it's what we need to achieve in order to continue progressing and becoming an ever evolving civilization and to really achieve this next step of of unity there's also several principles and goals that we must achieve and among these principles bahala mentions for example the elimination of every form of prejudice that is is a huge obstacle to being able to achieve this universal peace another one is the eliminations of extremes of wealth and poverty another one is for example the equal opportunities for men and women there's a beautiful analogy that says that the body of mankind is really like a bird you know you have the the male and the female that are like the two wings of the bird and until now the one side has been a lot stronger and has had more rights and everything but it's not until both of these are equally developed and have the same amount of rights that this wing of of humanity is going to be able to soar into the heights you know that it was it was meant to be in and like that there's several principles and things that need to be achieved before we can actually move forward into this next stage of our development one of the things i think is true is that the bahai faith originated and was surrounded by i guess at that time islam which maybe was an antagonistic force or maybe not because the way that i understand islam works is that muhammad is the greatest prophet he's the one who is kind of the capstone on the end of the evolution of the prophets and now we have bahaula comes along and says now i'm a further prophet did that get antagonism then from folks involved with Islam from the moment the bahai faith was born until today it's been a source of conflict in iran you know today the bahais are still persecuted in iran there's a very systematic attempt to eradicate the bahais you know in its native land whether it's through not allowing bahais to access education they're not allowed to further their education in universities and not even allowed to have their own education system and there's still teachers that are arrested and they're not they're not allowed to hold any government position and so on so there's there has been always and there there still is unfortunately a very organized attempt and more so in the past few years 
to eradicate the Baha'is. And it all unfortunately does come from this this understanding that there can't be any anything after the Prophet Muhammad, you know? Well, the way I got to know about you is because someone sent me a CD that you collaborated in called The Flight, and I got to hear that you make some very beautiful music. So it was incumbent upon me to get a hold of you and ask you to share it for Song of the Soul. Why don't you get us started on some of the music that speaks for your soul? Sounds good. The first song that I was thinking of sharing with you guys is a song called Called Into Being. It's actually the only song I've attempted to play the Native American flute on. (laughs) It's an instrument I, I very much love. It really speaks to my soul. A friend of mine actually asked me to set this to music, and it's a prayer from the Baha'i Writings. And, well, we can hear it and and maybe talk about it a little more. Called Into Being by Ali Yousefi.
That beautiful song was by Ali Youssefi. He's here today with us for Song of the Soul. The song is called Into Being, and it's from Baha'i Prayer. Is that, did I get that right, Ali? Yeah, it's from a Baha'i Prayer. It's, it's a prayer by Baha'u'llah. He was living in what years? I'm kind of stunned to hear that at that time in history, and it's some hundred years ago, he was thinking of men and women as equals, which I've told you earlier that I'm Quaker, and Quakers have treated women as equals for over 350 years, and I thought we were like the first on the block to <laughs> get around <laughs> to this. When did it happen for Baha'is? Well, Baha'u'llah declared his mission in 1863, officially. No? It's a beautiful story, really. He was a follower of his forerunner by the title of the Bab. No? The Bab means a gate in Arabic. And the Bab basically established a religion, the, the Babi religion, in 1844. His main message was that the promised one of all ages had come. And his mission, in a way, was to prepare the souls for the coming of Baha'u'llah. And Baha'u'llah, in receiving this message, he became a follower of the Bab. Later, after the Bab was actually martyred, he announced several years later it was him to whom the Bab was making reference. And so it was, you know, mid-1800s this began. But as you mentioned, there's several other movements as well. And I think it's a, a beautiful indication of how when mankind is supposed to achieve a new, almost like milestone in its progress, it doesn't only come through one source, but it, it really infuses all of creation in a way. And we can see different movements and different people being aware of this need for equality and this need for equal rights for men and women. It seems to me, Ali, that considering that you don't have clergy and the kind of structures that most people connect with religion, because you don't have that, this is not a disciplinary type religion. You know, some religions work by having lots of rules and here's how you're going to do everything. And some are kind of more open-ended. Am I correct in assuming that Baha'i is on the open-ended side of things? I wouldn't say it's open-ended. I think our understanding of rules has to change a little bit. And we really try to see laws and ordinances as blessings in a way more than, you know, just things we're not supposed to do, you know? And things, you know, rules that we want to break and everything. As you said, there is no clergy. And in that sense, we're, we're not really made accountable to a person like next to me. Obviously, there's always consequences to things that one does. But in most cases, unless it's something completely grievous, you know, it's, it's mostly seen as something between you and God. The guidance is there. And there is a lot of guidance. And there is definitely laws as in any religion. But there is no one telling you, oh, you know, you, you didn't do this, or Ali, you didn't, you know, say your prayers, or I saw you, you know, uh, say talking about this when you really shouldn't have. It's an understanding that we're all at fault in one way or another. We're all growing. And so there's more of a, a culture of accompaniment and really trying to encourage each other. But in the end, if I'm doing something wrong, it's between me and God. In that prayer by Baha'u'llah, he mentions about salvation. What does salvation mean in that context, in the Baha'i thought? Well, first of all, one of the beautiful things that Baha'u'llah mentions is one of his principles is the independent investigation of the truth. So um, just to kind of warn you that anything I say is really my opinion, and it, I'm not speaking authoritatively <laughs> in any way of the Baha'i writings. And I think 
sacred writing in a way is, is something that is very transformative and we read at one moment and it speaks to us in one way and we read at another and it speaks to us in another way and it kind of acquires new meaning and uh, you read it and you understand one thing and I read it and then I understand another. So I think it's constantly evolving and changing and, and our understanding of it is also evolving. So I wouldn't like to say that, oh, salvation means A, B or C. But my understanding is salvation is growing closer to our creator and to really what our creator wants from us. In every religion, it's mentioned that in one way or another, that we're, we're made in the image and likeness of God. But I think that's a concept that underlies all faiths. And as such, you know, our goal in this life is really to more and more, if we imagine ourselves as mirrors, to really more and more polish these mirrors and really face it to the sun in a way. And that, that's my understanding of salvation is really to, in a way, be free from the imaginings of this world. And in a way, it's, it's a transitory world. And a lot of these things will pass and we become attached to these things that are transitory. We become attached to our jobs and our lives can very easily become about our jobs and can become about, you know, like getting a bigger paycheck and all these things. And as well as when very negative things happen to us, like we tend to see it in a very, you know, as a, as a disaster to my life and everything. And if we're focusing more on these heavenly principles and guidance and, and, and virtues that we're trying to develop, I think we're less attached to this world. And in that way, we kind of were saved from this world. It's my personal understanding. As we were mentioning before, really, these laws and these rules that are, are sent to us or given to us are only for our protection and are only for our guidance in a way. That actually leads very nicely into the next song that uh, I wanted to share with you, which is called Statutes. You know, one of the phrases of the song is, it says, walk in my statutes for love of me and deny thyself that which thou desirest if thou seekest my pleasure. And so it's, it's kind of sharing with us that in order to grow ever nearer to God and to our creator, like these are the things that we must follow. So it's, it's really not so much that we're being punished and we can't do this and we can't do that, but it's, it's always been for our personal growth. This is how we grow, we, we grow through these trials and through this process.
by Ali Youssefi. It's from his recording, One Step Away. That's one, I think, of two recordings that you have out there, Ali. You have that, and there's the collaboration you did that's called The Flight. Have you got something else on the horizon? Well, uh, I've been trying really hard to, any spare time that I have, work on music, and I've actually been very happy lately. We've been working on a, a collaboration with a friend that's here, and he's a a classical pianist, actually. We knew each other beforehand. We'd met at a conference at some point in, in Florida, and it was very serendipitous that we both ended up here. He's also serving at the Baha'i World Center. And so any free time that we have, we've been working on a, on music together, and we're actually finishing a song that we've been working on, and and we're we're very excited about the next step, which is we've, we've decided to create a, a music video. We're in the works with that. It's very exciting, and there's some very talented uh, people in the in many different form of arts here. So we're collaborating with a lot of, of different friends to to make this happen. Is the Baha'i reception in Israel positive? Is there any sense of antagonism there, or does this fit in? I've never been to Israel, unfortunately, and so I haven't sampled all of the riches that are possibly on the scene. I think that there's a great relation between uh, the Baha'is and, and the Israeli community. And Israel is a, a magnificent country. It's absolutely beautiful. And the, the people are really nice and, and very welcoming and everything. Well, one of the things that I've wondered, because I heard you first on the collaboration, the flight, I'm wondering what instruments you play. You you mentioned earlier that the flute, that was the first time that you'd played the flute or for that performance. Well, I try to play anything that crosses my path. <laughs> I enjoy musical instruments a lot and I'm trying to get musical sounds out of something, even if it isn't an instrument. <laughs> so oftentimes I'll end up playing just a chair or a table or something. But the flute is actually something I picked up when I went to visit my mother and my sister who were living in Santa Fe at the time. And I'd, I'd always had a fascination for the Native American flute. And while I was there, I had a chance to go to a couple of stores and play a couple. And I, I just was immediately decided that I had, had to have one. And so for this recording, I, I really decided. Actually, I chose more or less the chord progression and everything like based on the, on the flute. I wanted to make sure it could be played with a flute. <laughs> but yeah, instruments have always been a very important part of my, of my life. My main instrument is the guitar. So that's what I have played for about 15, 16 years. And vocals, it's, I think, is also my main thing. If you've tuned in recently, you may not know that this is Song of the Soul. My guest today is Ali Yousafi, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. Our website, northernspiritradio.org. Come to the site to find all of our archives of the past six-plus years, You'll find links to our guests, like to Ali Youssefi. You'll find them directly from my northernspiritradio.org site. 
and you have a place to put comments. And we really love to have your comments. They help us know which programs speak to you and which ones don't. And that will help guide us in the future as we seek out more Songs of the Soul. Well, let's keep moving on your Song of the Soul. Where do we want to go next? So the next song is uh, one called Todos Juntos. And that's uh, Spanish, which do you know what that means? Of course I know what that means. I did travel <laughs> to Cuba last year and I, I did work my Spanish up to a rudimentary level. So right. all together or all one, I think is maybe how you might be saying it also. Good job. Good job. This is one I actually always enjoy doing when we have live performances because I get everybody to sing along with me. This is actually one that we recorded with, with this collaboration on the flight. It's a song that basically talks about our stories, our individual stories through life and how all these individual stories come together to form a, a larger story. And each one, each one is so essential no, in this greater scheme of life. So that one is Todos Juntos. Estamos todos juntos, juntos, en este lugar. 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 Rostros que veo. Cuentan historias de un distante lugar. Escucha las voces cerca de ti. Yo en el fondo oigo lo mismo. Desallado desde aquí
distinción para que veas que en este mundo no tiene que haber distinción entre raza, credo o clase social, todos somos la misma gente a nivel mundial, porque yo nací en el norte, crecí del otro lado, viajando por el planeta que está muy desplegado, mi padre es del oriente, mi madre americana, mire que prolifera la diversidad sembrana porque todos somos hijos de un mismo Dios, sin importar el color, la estatura ni la voz, caminamos todos juntos sobre esta misma tierra, así que ponemos ya un fin a toda esta guerra. Asuntos for Ali Yusefi's Song of the Soul. I guess maybe Spanish then is your first language and your second language. How many do you have? Unfortunately, only two. <laughs> My father is Iranian, so I could have um, spoken three, but the third one is, is still in the back burner. In, in the writings of Baha'u'llah, they're all in English. That's how you, you access them. I assume they're in other languages also. Well, they're originally in Farsi and Arabic, but they've been translated into pretty much every language. So you can access them in, in any language. And I usually access them either in English or Spanish. It seems to me that with Baha'i's emphasis on the unity and on this commonness that we have across the globe, that they wouldn't be a very warlike people. Did I nail that one? You're absolutely right. <laughs> How do they live that out personally, in terms of community, in terms of nations? What do they do? There's actually a, a beautiful quote that talks to that point and says, I charge you all that each one of you concentrate all your thoughts, all the thoughts of your hearts on love and unity. Then he says, when a thought of war comes, oppose it by a stronger thought of peace. A thought of hatred must be destroyed by a more powerful thought of love. Thoughts of war bring destruction to all harmony well-being, restfulness, and content. So in our personal life and in our community and in our family and, you know, and on a national level and a global level, really, we're, we're asked to kind of adopt this attitude of trying to oppose a thought of war with a stronger thought of, of peace, which, as you can imagine, and for all of us, you know, requires a lot of discipline and we're all 
constantly learning how to better do that and how to better exemplify that in our lives. But actually speaking of, of harmony, it's harmony in, in our community and harmony in our family. I did want to mention that I've actually been blessed with a wonderful family that almost everybody sings in, in my family. And so in the, in the CDs that you've been playing and the music that you've been playing, one of my sisters is singing with me. So I've been tremendously blessed that actually both my sisters and my mother and my father also, <laughs> everybody sings beautifully. And so whenever I'm with my sisters, they always harmonize with me and a whole new meaning to the idea of family harmony. Exactly, exactly. Quakers have followed this idea to what I think is kind of the logical conclusion. In general, I guess I'd say that Quakers are pacifists. There are certainly exceptions. And, but normally a Quaker will be a conscientious objector or won't even cooperate that much with the military. What happens in the, the Baha'i faith with respect to war, military, conscription, that kind of thing? We're also asked as Baha'is to follow the laws of our country. So if a country requires us to take a military you know, position for a while, whether it's military service or some form of participation in the military, we're asked to ask for a position that doesn't require bearing arms so that you're hopefully, you know, don't have to engage with this sort of decision. Well, good. I'm glad to hear about that. Keep going with your music. We haven't got much time, but we've got a lot of wonderful music that you could be sharing. I guess we should mention also right away that your website is aliyusefi.com. People go there and they can find one step away. Your collaboration, the flight, how would they find out about that? Are you going to have that on your site or some connection to it? Um, I will eventually have it on the site. I'm kind of developing this site still. But if you go to cdbaby.com and you type in the search field either my name or you can look for the flight, it's probably better to do my name. The flight will bring several results. But if you search for my name on cdbaby.com, it'll bring up the page for the flight and you can either download the digital album there or you can find it on iTunes as well or you can order copies from CD Baby. Well, give us some more music. I think they need to have more of a taste test to be sure that they want to order the whole thing. Definitely, definitely. The next uh, song that I've selected is called Object of My Adoration. Oh, thou whose face is the object of my adoration Whose beauty is my sanctuary Whose habitation is my goal Whose praise is my hope Whose providence is my companion Whose love is the cause of my being Whose mansion is my soul Whose nearness is my desire Presence is my my dearest wish and highest as 
of my adoration. What does that mean in terms of how your services go? Would we recognize it? Was it similar to a, a Protestant or a Catholic or Jewish service? Or what, what might it be like? We don't really have services per se. We have what are often referred to as devotional meetings, where a group of people can come together and, and share prayers and, and readings and you know inspiring quotes and and everything. And, and really the purpose of that is to have a, a community life that is centered around prayer. You know, prayer is seen as a conversation with, with our Creator. And it's seen as a very important thing both in our personal life and in our community life as well. And so there's prayers that we say on an individual level, and there's a lot of importance giving to communing with God on a personal level and spending time doing that. And, and at the same time, there's a lot of importance given to, to getting together with groups of friends and praying for the betterment of the world and, and, and sharing you know, what our, our struggles are and sharing what our tests are and kind of uniting in, in thought and trying to connect our thoughts to God. Because the way that I look at it, you know, God is always with us. God is never gone from our midst. But it's really us that we have to really learn to aim our mirrors at this, you know, at this light. And we get very preoccupied with the world and we get very consumed in our thoughts. And especially, it would seem like more and more we're tending towards a, a very individualistic society where we're very concerned of our own needs. And so I think getting together in a community and, and praying as a community and kind of sharing and really connecting in that way is, is also a way of, of uniting our thoughts and being able to better accompany each other in this process of growth. Part of what I was wondering about was some people include as part of their worship service singing, and certainly music has a way of stirring the heart and the soul. Would that be part of your devotional gatherings? Definitely, definitely. Singing is, and, and music in general is said to be really a, a ladder through which the soul can ascend. Baha'u'llah actually has some beautiful quotes about the role of music in this day and age. It has such a power, it, ha it can really 
have the power of influencing us and bringing about action or creating like thought-provoking attitudes. So it's it's an incredible tool. And I think as such, we also have to be very cautious in how we use music. I think just the realization that as any tool, it can also be used in a harmful way. And it has been throughout history. I think we can see that. But in these devotional gatherings and prayer meetings, it's often used singing as a community and individuals singing prayers that they've set to music. And there's really no such thing as Baha'i music. But people are encouraged to set writings to music and because it really it, it helps connect to the heart and to the soul in a, in a very direct way. Well, then connect us some more to our hearts by giving us some more music to listen to. Wonderful. So this next song was actually written a few years back when the father of one of our friends passed away. It's a quote from a book called The Hidden Words by Baha'u'llah. And it's a series of very short quotes, very, very insightful. And it's written in a way as if God were speaking to us, no? which is a lot of, you know, like the, the revelation of scripture in general is written in this fashion. The quote says, I have made death a messenger of joy to thee, wherefore dost thou grieve? I, I really love this one because, again, I feel it's a reminder of, of what the true meaning of death is. You know, we, as Baha'is, we see it actually as a step into a following stage. You know, this life is seen as the preparation for something that follows. And our, our purpose in this life is to grow and to acquire these virtues that will, you know, in the following worlds of God be almost as our limbs and our senses. It's just a, a reminder of this, of the role of, of death in our lives. Wherefore Dost Thou Grieve, by Ali Yousefi. I have made death a messenger of joy to thee. I have made death a messenger of joy to Wherefore dost thou grieve? Wherefore dost thou grieve? Wherefore dost thou grieve? Wherefore dost thou grieve?
thou grieve, Ali Yusefi. Evidently, Ali, that means that there is an idea of an afterlife. My understanding of the Hebrew people originally, they didn't think about having an afterlife. Some Jews these days might consider afterlife as part of the program, but in traditional sense, there was no sense of an afterlife, a heaven and hell. Do you speak of heaven and hell in Baha'i practice? There's really not a an understanding of heaven and hell as heaven, a place where you go if you're good, that is surrounded by angels and you're on the clouds, and hell as a place where you're burning flames of dark and <laughs> lonesome place. But really it's heaven and hell and the, the imagery of heaven and hell that we've received from the past is really understood in the Baha'i writings more as analogies and as ways of expressing how being far from God is like being in hell. And even on this earth, you know, I think... We, we all have moments when we're far from, you know, we feel distant from, from God and we feel distant from our spiritual nature, you know, and our spiritual side. And, and it, it can be a very lonesome place. It can be a very depressing place. And we see that all around us all the time. And it, it happens in our lives and it happens to people around us. And so even in, in this earthly plane, in a way, we can experience hell, in my, in my opinion, or heaven, you know, and heaven, I think, comes from this nearness to God. And whether it's in this life or in the life after, there is that understanding, or that's my understanding, that heaven and hell is just basically how near or how far we are from God. It's not a physical place that we'll go to if we're good or, you know, or a place we'll go to if we're bad. But and in the end, we, we all have a measure of good in us. You know, we're all Actually, one of the other songs on the on the album of the flight is called Creating Noble. And this song talks about, it's a, a quote by Baha'u'llah that, that says, Noble have I created thee, yet thou hast abased thyself. Rise then unto that for which thou wast created. So there, there's this sense of an inherent nobility in, in every human being. And it is our duty to honor this nobility in a way. But every every member of the human family has this nobility inherent in them. And so... Also, if we think about that in our interactions with others and as we live our lives and as people do us wrong, it really helps to forgive and to move past a lot of things. Well, speaking of moving past a lot of things, we're coming near the end of our time together. So we need a, probably one more song to conclude your Song of the Soul. Where do you want us to go, Ali? 
Well, first of all, thank you so much, Mark, for having me on the program. It's been a, an absolute delight. And to finish, there's one song that I wanted to share with you that's called Heights Above. And it's, it's again, an excerpt from the writings of Baha'u'llah. And it says, Thou art but one step away from the glorious heights above. So really, that's my understanding for all of us, that we're constantly growing and everything. And, and we're always only one step away from this state of spiritual enlightenment or whatever we want to call it. You know, it's been called by many names, but, but we're always just one step away. It just requires for us to, to take one step. Well, thank you so much for giving us some more resources to help us reach in that direction and taking us out to the heights above. Ali Yousefi. Thanks so much, Ali. My pleasure.
Today's Song of the Soul guest was Ali Yousefi. Find him on CD Baby at aliyousefi.com or follow the links from northernspiritradio.org. See you in a week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can 